Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another off-season edition here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter at the Who Dat Dis. I mean, the offseason's actually starting to come to a close. We have training camp starting, or is, at least it's supposed to start, in about two weeks, which to me is very, very interesting. We're going to see what happens there, and if they play, if they not, and that's where I want to start, because we're also going to talk about training camp battles today. We're going to get into our first training camp battle on the defense with our linebackers, but I do want to start off here talking about the negotiations between the NFL and the NFLPA and if there'll be a season in 2020, kind of continue that because we've been talking about that for the last few episodes and there's more news on it, so we're going to cover it. So our last episode, we covered basically the NFL wanting, the NFL owners wanting an escrow of the 2020 salaries to pay them later and basically pay them over a long period of time. And so basically you have 35% that will get paid later. And then the NFLPA was like, no, 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 no. And the NFLPA actually sent the NFL a proposal back. So I thought this was very interesting. So this is what the NFLPA said, and then we'll talk about what they said and kind of what I think here. So first is no escrow salaries of 2020. And to me, that makes very much sense. And again, I think that if you're the players, delayed salaries, escrow salaries, that's never going to happen. I think honestly, for the NFL, it's better off. You don't have to delay those salaries and have them like kind of on the back burner years ahead. You kind of just want to basically pay them up front and then you don't have to worry about it. And that was really the, the to me, the first good point about this NFLPA counter proposal. Then the next was a flat salary cap in 2021. So that means you're going to stay at that 98.2, which for the Saints would be very interesting. But maybe the Saints will keep those $8 million here in now just stash it for next year. Because look, if, if this is staying at 198.2, Mickey Loomis is going to have to do a lot of Luminomics here to try to get the Saints under that cap for 2021. But I thought that was a very interesting one. And then the next point was that the revenue loss will be spread between 2022 and 2030 salary caps. So really, like, it won't be these skyrocketing salary caps. It's going to be little by little up more because we got to pay back these revenue losses, which if they play, I don't think will be as much as people think. Because if they play, I told you guys last episode, there's going to be a lot more positivity around the league. Like apparel sales, jersey sales, merchandise sales will go up as well. People will be watching on TV. You have advertisements on in the stadium. And then also you have advertisements then on TV. And you have a ton of commercials. You get money from that as well. And I do think that more people would watch. I, I really think that right now, people really across the world, they're just craving for sports. And football falls in there. And to me, I just feel like right now, 
if the NFL got on time and they played like a full season, like that would be a breath of fresh air for people. It feel like we're moving towards a normalcy and kind of moving back towards where we were before COVID-19 and everything. And like playing a full NFL season, that is obviously a huge step in the right direction. And again, I do think they can get it done. And I do think that if they played, it would be a huge hit for the NFL. So at the end of the day, they got to do anything in their power to play. And that's just what I think. And moving over to the NFLPA's last point, basically this last point to me is the one I think the owners will not do. And it's giving guaranteed money paid even if games are canceled. Like, let's just say a player was guaranteed $10 million, they still get that $10 million in 2020. And I don't think owners will do this. If there are no games paid, they're not paying money. And honestly, I kind of understand that because, like, if there are no games played, like, I know injuries and, like, they still get the money if there's injuries and stuff like that. But if there are no games played, I'd be very surprised if the NFL owners, excuse me there, were giving out any money. Now, the players are obviously going to say, look, we have this money guaranteed. But, like, to me, I think it was guaranteed under kind of a part that there will at least be games being played. It's not that, like, for obviously an injury, look, the player is not playing when those injuries happen. They're still getting money, but games are being played. So, to me, that's kind of what happens with those guaranteed salaries. So if there are no games actually played, I find it very hard to believe that the NFL owners will pay it up. Now, I don't know who's ever right and wrong in that situation. You definitely make that judgment. But to me, I understand both sides. Like, I mean, look, I think it could go either way. Like the players, technically, that's guaranteed money and they deserve their guaranteed money. But there are no games played. Like if all the games are canceled, then there was really no grounds to even have those guaranteed money. Like, because there was no games played and like there really hasn't been a precedent like this so we'll see what happens because usually let's just say an injury happens like the games are actually being played so at least the teams are kind of making revenue to pay the injured player and that's guaranteed money and they get it but then there's like situations like ab like ab didn't get his guaranteed money because obviously he had a lot of off the field issues like there's no one scenario like this so it is very interesting it can go either way But I can see the NFL owners having the most kind of like, oh, we're not going to do this and we're going to cancel this and we're going to not do this deal because of that last bullet. And that's just kind of my opinion on it. Maybe you guys think differently and think the NFL owners will go all for it. Maybe you think the NFL will, NFL owners, excuse me, there will not like any of these. So it is very interesting to see what happens here. But I think that economic proposal is really good. That's just my opinion. And Again, I think that this is a big step in the right direction from that first proposal by the NFL. Now, I think the NFL is going to counter proposal back with that fully guaranteed out, and they're going to see if the players accept. But I think that these negotiations are going better than the MLB ones and that stuff. But we'll have to see what happens. So to me, again, that is very interesting. And again, that's the economic side. Like if they can get the economic side going for no fans and like all that stuff, then you can move over to the health side. Now, I'm hoping that the NFL is making this plan, this probably huge document where they can basically detail all of their plans health-wise. So then the player's like, okay, we're on board for 2020. And they got to do that. And they got to do it soon. Like, we are two weeks away, or really less than two weeks from training camp. Like, we definitely got to get this going, and we got to figure out what's happening. Like, right now, there are two games still scheduled for preseason the NFL doesn't want to play, the NFLPA, excuse me, doesn't want to play any preseason games. It's just very, very interesting. It's going to be an ebb and flow. We're going to have to see what happens, but you guys know my opinion on it. I think an NFL season will play. I think it will play in September. That's just my opinion. Now, will it start first week? I'm a little wishy-washy on that, but I think we'll start in September. And maybe that's to add 
preseason games on back of that inside. I don't really know exactly the plan's going to be. Again, I'm not a part of the owners. I'm not part of the NFLPA. But I could tell you one thing that I do think that there is going to be a season. There's going to be a season that starts in September, probably ends in February, and or sometime in February, maybe a few weeks back. But again, I think that they're going to play. And look, there has been a lot of pessimism. Like, I'm not going to lie. You had Ty Montgomery saying, look, right now the health doesn't look good. The health size doesn't really look good. And you had some other guys saying, like, they don't want to do the no jersey swaps, but they can basically go at each other for 60 minutes on the field. It's a lot of wishy-washy things. And I do think that they're going to get it worked out because you saw the MLB with their owners fight tooth and nail, not only economically, but health-wise too. And they ended up working it out and they'll be playing in the next week or so, week and a half, really. Like, if they can do it, then I think the NFL can do it. And you're going to tell me, oh, well, NFL is such a bigger contact game. It is. But to me, at the end of the day, if you're playing on the same field, you're with the same guys in a dugout, you're playing with the same ball, I mean, you're throwing around to all different players, and there are multiple people touching the ball at once. I mean, look, to me, I I do think that if one sport can play, I think all sports can play. Look at basketball. Basketball is a ton of contact, too. And they're going to go out and play. So, to me, I, I think that the health will be worked out. Now, look, if the NBA comes back in a week and they say it's a no-go. Like, oh, we can't play. And then the MLB says two weeks later, they play a few games. Like, no, this is no good. Then I'd be like, oh, yeah, the NFL's probably not playing. But right now, it looks like everything's going and going pretty well. Like, you're looking at when all these leagues test. Their testing numbers, like positive tests, are very, very low. There's a low rate. And it looks like right now, both leagues are doing a very good job. So the NFL could follow them. And maybe the NFL is waiting to follow them and to put out their plan, but it's going to be very interesting. Now, look, players have come out against the NFL's health things, and I'm not surprised by it, but I don't think it's a big issue because I do think the NFL can write it, and they're going to write it, in my opinion. And if they don't, then, look, then they're going to miss out on the season. They're going to miss out on the money. They're going to miss out on the revenue. They can't do that because then what are you going to do with the 2021 salary cap? You're going to keep everything the same? Like, this is the same? Like, no one's contract moves? Like, what happens to the 2021 free agents? I mean, do they get pushed back a year? I mean, does Alvin Kamara have to wait to get his extension? Does Ryan Ramchek have to wait? Does Lattimore have to wait? Does everybody got to wait? Does everyone take a year off of their career here to not play in 2020? And I know if you're going to tell me, well, if the health's not there, then we can't play. Obviously, that's the case. But it seems like when looking at all these other leagues that they can play. And it seems like, look, I know cases are going up in certain places. And again, you have a bubble going on with the NBA. The MLB is not a bubble, but they're only playing regional games. They're only playing like teams in their division. So like an NL East team is going to play all of their NL East division rivals. And then they'll also play the AL East. So it's kind of close in proximity. So you got that. Maybe the NFL will turn around and do that. But even that, I'm like, to me, it doesn't matter once you're on the field. Like they're all their private planes are going to be like, sanitized perfection very vigorous cleaning like to me that's not a big issue like the filtration systems on those planes will be top-notch you know that so to me it's really not that big of an issue of traveling on a plane or something because there will be top-notch premier service for them and to me with all that abundance of caution to me it's highly unlikely that these players end up contracting COVID-19 but that's just my opinion on it and again when you look at all these other leagues playing, if the NFL can play, the morale will go so down. So to me, they're going to play. They're going to find a way. And the players are going to find a way to play. Because look, this is also going to impact the players. Players don't say about it. But look, I don't think the league is going to just jump over all these people's contracts and be like, okay, you didn't play, but you can be a free agent anyways. Like a Le'Veon Bell situation. I don't think that's happening. 
I think they're going to push everything back a year because that's not fair to do to teams too. Like, again, I don't really know. So to me, I think that's what they would do. And then players are going to get hurt by that too because that's a year off of their primes, a year off of their career, and that's just wasted. So I don't think the players or the teams or the business can afford it. I don't think anybody can afford it. And I, and I think that's what it is at the end of the day. And again, when you put all those things together, it just combines so that there will be football in 2020. And yes, there are some obstacles. Health, the health and safety being, look, you that's got to be number one and that's got to be figured out. And then obviously the money, but to me, that's going to be figured out very, very soon. And to me, by the end of this week, you're going to see a lot more clarity on a 2020 season. And I do think it will be positive clarity as we're going to see these players play. So I think we should gear up. I think that in a few weeks we will be starting training camp and be roaring to go here. So I just can't wait. And, I, and I, again, maybe I'm being too positive. Definitely tell me, guys, in the comments, Twitter, all that stuff. Definitely tell me kind of what your opinion on the situation is. But I think there will be football in 2020. Before we move on, I just want to add one quick thing that I forgot to mention is that Tom Pelissauer reported that another part of the NFLPA's counterproposal is that players will be paid a COVID-19 risk stipend up to $500,000 if games are canceled. And that exact figure is obviously not set in stone, but that's something that they're talking about. And it is kind of interesting because this is like on top of all that guaranteed money being paid as well. This may be a good middle be like, okay, so we're not going to give you all the guaranteed money, but we'll give you some money just so you can live in. Again, I don't think 500000 is going to be what it is. I think it's going to be lower. Probably, you know, I don't think they're going to give every player $500,000 by just not playing. I think it's going to be very low. It's going to be probably the bare minimum if they don't play. And again, I think that's definitely more likely of happening, but that's just my opinion on it. Hopefully we're not talking about those stipends and stuff that happens when games aren't played because hopefully everybody is playing and we have a full season as I predict. Hopefully I'm right here. And and again, I think that's one thing we could all definitely agree on. I think we all definitely want football to be played at its fullest. And I do think that it will be done. And maybe there are going to be some naysayers and people are like, oh, you're probably wrong, Andrew. But to me, I think that there's just so much stuff that would be so bad for not only the NFL owners, but the NFL players too. So I think they're going to play. And I think these stipend stuff, as I said before, is going to be mute. But again, what do you guys think? Definitely want to hear what you guys have to say on Twitter, Instagram, really anywhere. Definitely want to hear what you guys have to say. But before we get into our preview of the linebacker training camp battle, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Introducing Batiste Sweat Activated and Touch Activated Dry Shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste Dry Shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. This episode is brought to you by NARS Cosmetics. Reflect your radiance with a two-step routine of best-selling makeup skincare hybrid formulas. Start with NARS Light Reflecting Foundation for customizable coverage and long-lasting wear that enhances skin's natural luminosity. Pair with NARS Radiant Creamy Concealer to effortlessly brighten under eyes with crease-resistant coverage and 24-hour hydration. Radiate from within. Shop now at NARSCosmetics.com. 
Shaq here, spinning fast-acting pain relief for 2024 with Icy Hot. Take it from me. Sticking to your new workout routines can lead to sore muscles. Icy Hot starts working instantly to dull the pain with the icy cool sensation. Then, the warming sensation relaxes it away. Feel the power of Icy Hot's contrast therapy. Ice works fast. Heat makes it last. Icy Hot. Welcome back into the Who Dat discussion. And now we are going to get into our preview of the linebacker training camp battle here in 2020 here for the Saints. So basically, it's two guys for three spots, and the other guy's basically going to back up and be that fourth linebacker. So the three guys that are vying for the spot is Alex Anzalone, Kiko Alonso, and Zach Bond. So Zach Bond, we obviously know the Saints drafted him in the third round. He was supposed to go in the first round. He dropped to the Saints in the third round. You're like, damn, that's really, really good. And he's a guy that does a lot of different things, not only just as a linebacker off the ball, but also on-ball rusher as well, so that's obviously really good. You have Anzalone, who the Saints drafted in the third round of the 2017 draft. When he's played, he's been great, but he's gotten injured too many times here for the Saints, so to me that is pretty, pretty interesting to see what he can do when healthy. And then you look at Kiko Alonso, and he's a guy that was on the Buffalo Bills and also the Dolphins, the Eagles, and with the Dolphins, he was really, like, kind of teetering on the below average side like he was still putting up stats but definitely on the below average side he did have three picks in 2018 but still his pff grade was very very low and stuff like that and then for the saints he started four games played 13 overall and he had a really really good season for the saints i mean you're looking at a pretty high pff grade for him he did a good job so to me that is very very good but i don't think that he solidified a job here a starting job here in 2020 because he tore his ACL. I mean, obviously, Anzalone's coming off of a big injury as well. And you can't trust Anzalone and Alonso. You just can't. Uh, Anzalone, he's gotten injured twice in three years. Alonso has gotten injured a few times. This is the second time he tore his ACL. So, to me, both are pretty injury-prone. And then you bring in Zach Bond, who last year had a really good season for Wisconsin. 12 and a half sacks, 19 and a half tackles for loss. And he was primarily playing as an edge rusher, but he also has played off-ball. At the Senior Bowl, he played off-ball and did a really good job. So to me, that is really good. And it seems like that that off-ball player is what the Saints are going to use him as. And he's got those skills. He has a really good ability to go sideline to sideline, which I like. And that's very good. Look, it's not the top-notch best of all the linebackers in this draft. I think you saw Kenneth Murray probably have more of that. and then, But really not as much kind of intelligence and you had a guy like Patrick Queen who had a lot of intelligence but was a little worse athletically wise and then you have a guy like Bond who's kind of in the middle and to me I think that's what the Saints got and also could play edge rusher as well so to me he is that third linebacker going into the, that draft but look to me the Saints got him very very late into the top 70 they got him top 75 they were able to get him and he was really a top 30 player in my opinion so that's huge. That's obviously really big. So when looking at these three guys, you kind of see where they fit for the Saints. Like to me, I think you're obviously going to have Demario Davis. We know that. But that's not where the battle's at. The battle's at really for who's going to be behind Demario Davis. And this is really where, where I feel like it's going to fit. I think in training camp, you're going to have to see, first of all, is Anzalone and Alonzo healthy? Because they're coming in healthy. But will they be able to stay healthy? I think that's the number one thing. So if they come out healthy, that's great. Let's say you have all three of these guys. And Bond's healthy, obviously. You need that too. And this is what I think that 
the Saints could do here. I think if Anthony's healthy, I think he's going to start. And obviously he's healthy and then also kind of at the same abilities or hopefully better than the abilities he was at in 2018. Because 2018, he was playing at a high level. The Saints defense was playing at a high level. I think he fits really well with Demario Davis. And I think they play very similarly. They like to attack, attack, attack. You have Anzalone, who's also really good in pass coverage as well. So that means you can allow Demario Davis to do different things kind of around the line of scrimmage. And obviously Davis could do so many things and at a very, very high level. But if you have a pretty solid pass defender with Anzalone, that's obviously really good because Alonzo isn't a good pass defender. So if you have Anzalone, then Demario Davis doesn't have to pass defend as much and he can kind of do some other things so that's obviously really good as well because I think what the Saints definitely missed most when they had no Anzalone is that they really needed Demario Davis to play a lot in coverage so he can do things more in the box and that is something to look at but again that allows the Saints to have more flexibility now when you look at Alonzo I think him and also you're going to be looking at Zach Bond. I think they're going to battle for that AJ Klein role. So AJ Klein left the Saints, as we all know. And he's a guy that, look, in coverage, he wasn't the main coverage guy for the Saints. We know that. He wasn't that main guy. And I don't think the Saints will need his replacement to be that main guy. So when looking at it, I think Bond could play in coverage. But I think that he also is a good run defender, can do that stuff. You see Alonzo, who's a good run defender, a really good run defender, pass defender, not so good. So I think maybe he can fit in that role. I think he plays that AJ Klein role pretty well. And again, to me, that's kind of interesting. So maybe he'll step in there, but maybe his health's not really good and you'll have Bond. Because to me, I think Anzalone, if he's healthy and is playing at a high level like where he was before the injury, I think that he's going to start with Demario. And then with those final two guys, I think that's where you're going to see your real battle. Really between Zach Bond and then also Kiko Alonso. And it's going to be interesting to see who wins that because I don't know if Bomb will win it, especially right out of the gate, not having a ton of preparation if they only have a few weeks of training camp because I, I think Kiko Alonso could do that AJ Klein role really well, probably to the same level AJ Klein did. I don't think you'll see a big kind of drop off there. And then you can use Bond as more of an edge rusher, especially if the Saints don't sign edge rusher. I think that you could see Bond then be that extra edge rusher that they need him to be. And I think he can be very, very successful there and be an extra piece for the Saints there. But we all know injuries kind of happen. Or maybe what they're going to do is they're going to have Zach Bond kind of be in certain situations, play that AJ Klein role. But then they know they have Kiko Alonso. So maybe then he'll play in other places while Bond then is an edge rusher. They could do a lot of different things if all of them are healthy. But as I was saying, that's not always the case, especially with two injury prone guys. So I think that's why they got Bond to really cover themselves. And the odds that all three of them get hurt are probably zero. Now, the odds of them one gets hurt, I'm not going to say they're high, but you you got to plan for at least that. And then, really, I think the Saints plan for two of them getting hurt. So, I think that the Saints are in good shape regardless. Because I, I think you're looking at Zach Bond. I think he does enough in coverage where he can play that position that Alex Anzalone plays. And to me, that's very, very good. And I think he could play with Demario very well. And I think as he learns, and he's a very cerebral guy at Bond. So, he can, to me, kind of learn along the way. Especially in coverage and do that stuff. And I, I'm pretty comfortable with him in coverage along with Demario Davis, and I, I think they can be a good 10 there at linebacker if all those guys got hurt. But again, I think that right now, I think if Anzalone's healthy, he's the perfect kind of tandem with Demario Davis. They do a lot of stuff really well together. They complement themselves well together. Like, look at that 2018 film. Like, especially that NFC Championship game, both of them were playing really well. I love that. And then hopefully they can really continue that in 2020, but 
Anzalone has been just up and down. And look, when you have all those injuries, it's tough to progress. And to me, I think hopefully he has a full season here in 2020 and can really progress as a player. If he can't, then again, I don't think the Saints should kind of re-sign him and trust him. I think they should go out and get a real kind of replacement to him. And maybe that's going to be Zach Vaughn. Maybe it's going to be Akiko Alonso. Maybe he keeps getting better. Maybe it'll be someone in free agency or maybe another guy in the draft. I don't really know. But to me, that's kind of what it is with Anzalone. And to me, he's not the real part of the battle. And like, I guess he kind of is because like, if he doesn't play as good, I think that opens up a real spot for Zach Vaughn to play in that kind of second linebacker role. But like, I'm just assuming that Anzalone is going to come back here and kind of return to that 2018 role. So we're going to have to see what happens with Anzalone. When looking at the other position, I think that's where it gets interesting. Because I think Bond could play that position. Because I think Bond's very versatile. I think he could play a lot of linebacking spots. I think he could play edge rusher. And I think that's a real big thing for the Saints. But, and like, look, it won't be at the highest high level. But it won't be at like an awful level. It will be like better than Craig Robertson at that at that point. So to me, I think that he can really fill a lot of band-aids for the Saints. Which is really big. To have a player that can play at at least an average clip at a lot of different positions is very, very valuable. And he could play, to me, above average at a few positions as well. So to me, that is really big with Bond. But I think to start, I think what the Saints are going to do is kind of have Alonzo as that third guy. And they'll, they'll probably like platoon. They'll probably put like, let's say Bond's better in some situations. They'll put him in some situations. If Alonzo's better in some places, they're going to put Alonzo there. And to me, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see Bond kind of play that base kind of third linebacker position. And then if the Saints don't go nickel and you have Bond rushing then maybe you see Alonzo flip in there. Because I, I do think that Alonzo is going to be more that depth guy, but maybe he'll beat out Bond. And Bond's going to be more of an on-ball rush guy. There's a lot of stuff, versatility that the Saints can do. And I'm happy with all of it. Because I do think that with these four guys, I think it's one of the deeper parts of the roster. And I was coming into this offseason saying they need a linebacker, need a linebacker, need a linebacker, especially after losing AJ Klein. And they filled AJ Klein's spot with really Bond. And then also you're going to bring back Alonzo and you're going to bring back Anzalone and obviously Demario Davis. But again, I do think that's really what we're looking at here for the linebackers. Really hope you guys like this series. We're going to continue it and basically go through all the places that there will be kind of a training camp battle. And like, we don't really know who the starting three linebackers are yet. And I think it will be a very noteworthy battle because you're going to see how Bond develops. You want to see how the health of the other two guys are. Are they going to progress into better players? And again, all these different factors are going to kind of add up and then we'll see how the outcome is at the end of training camp. But I think that is going to wrap it up. Hope you guys really like this start of the series because I think we're going to talk about like the backup quarterback. We're going to talk about the slot receivers. We're going to be talking about that third cornerback slot. I think we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff. So to me, that is going to be very interesting there. But that's really all I have in store for you guys. Definitely follow us on social media for more content. On Twitter, we are at the Houdat Discussion. Personally, on Twitter, I'm at Andrew Galata. And then on Instagram, the Houdat Discussion is at Houdat Discussion. And then also, you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. We're on all of those platforms. And also, check us out on YouTube at the Houdat Discussion. We put out film studies on there, and we're hoping to expand that to other things as well as training camp progresses and the season progresses. So definitely check all of those videos out. We just did a film study on Jameis Winston and we're recording a, another film study on Everson Griffin. So definitely a ton of videos there to check out if you haven't already. So definitely do that. Leave a like, 
subscribe, leave a comment, do all that fun stuff. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. But I think with all that said, I wanted to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat?